0: You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. At the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit, executives from leading brands will share their success stories of the numerous ways they have innovated to grow their franchises. Attendees will gain insight and inspiration to help them be more progressive in every facet of their businesses. Register today at franchisinginnovation.com.
1: And welcome again, I'm QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace editor Shelley Whitehead, and delighted you've joined us this frosty in some places week in January for what'll be a great show, including a really fun interview this week with West Coast QSR salad brand Chopstop founder and CEO Mark Kulkas on the brink of his brand's big eastward push. But first, Retail Customer Experience Editor Judy Model has just returned from the world's largest retail conference and expo, the National Retail Federation 2019 Big Show in New York City, to give us the scoop on the items of interest at that sprawling gathering related to limited service restaurant operation. Judy, welcome.
2: Hey, Shelley, and thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I'm just recuperating from NRF, you know, and uh, NRF is everything retail and restaurants and grocery, and uh, this big show this year was the uh, 108th annual event, um, so, might be the biggest one ever, uh, nearly 40,000 attendees, um, 16,000 retailers, 800 exhibitors, and 250 speakers during the three-day event. Um it's held that the Javits packed, 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 and just a lot of energy and a lot of exuberance. You know, retail restaurants they had a wonderful 2008, uh, 18 uh, year and holiday seasons. You could just feel that walking around. Adobe just came out with like their after holiday figures, and uh, they were noting that 126 billion was spent just online this past holiday. And smartphones are, you know, driving half that traffic. So it wasn't surprising at NRF to see a lot of mobile, you know, a lot of e-commerce to physical retail connections going on. So it it was, it was a great show.
1: And a lot of people walking around in the convention, the show floor, looking at their mobile phones instead of in front of them.
2: Yes, they're walking into each other. It was highly dangerous. I mean... There were people on escalators, you know, looking at their phones, trying to run down the escalator. Yeah, it was, it was a bit annoying that way. But, you know, um, the other thing about NRF, so much international activity. I mean, um, I probably heard more non-English than English during the three days, which I think is very exciting, especially with the whole Brexit thing happening um, and the fact that they're all coming into New York to share and talk. So, uh, yeah, it was just really dynamic
1: how does the show cover restaurant brands and what have been the big areas of concentration at NRF for food service brands this year?
2: Well, you know, there weren't that many. I mean, there was a couple, you know, hitting around. There are a lot of vendors who are looking to go to the food brands because they realize food, was a little bit behind retail and retail way behind, you know, some other industries when it comes to using, you know, really, top-notch technologies, but um, what really came across is that retail and restaurants and QSRs all have the same challenge. And that's, the challenge is to give the consumer, whether they want a pizza or a pair of shoes, every which way to order, every which way to pick up, and, and 24-hour, you know, accessibility. Um, so, and, and I think in a way, You know, it's not retail versus restaurants versus, you know, fast casuals, whatever. Uh, They're all in the same kind of bucket right now in terms of this consumer out there is mobile-driven. They're not willing to wait in the line. If you can't deliver it free, if you can't deliver it quick, there's somebody else who can. So, um, you know, I think the food brands and, you know, Little Caesars was there and a couple of other you know, intermittent, but it is mostly retail, you know. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I think maybe NRF is, is going to wise up maybe too and, and start reaching out a little bit more to the restaurant industry.
1: Absolutely. I would think they have a lot to offer. You know, right. I saw that food service lockers, and you mentioned Little Caesars, they're really kind right. of on the forefront of that. Or, you know, we're catching a lot of interest at this show. How, how so? Well,
2: you know, the whole LACRA strategy, you know, which is, you know, where Amazon came out with, right? Um, and Little Caesars is such an uh, interesting story on this. Now, as you wrote about way back in May, they, they took the first steps. In September, they started rolling out what they call the Pizza Portal. And the Pizza Portal lives within that hot and ready section, which has been at Little Caesars, I think, over a decade. It really was the first iteration of giving the consumer a quick, fast way to get the food they want, right? Yeah. But it was pretty much Little Caesars, you know, made, I don't know, you know, three different kinds of pie, putting them in this quick, you know, hot and ready section. You ran in, you grabbed it, you pay for it. Now, um, as you're driving home from work, you get on their mobile app, you custom. Devise your pizza. You put your name on it. You pay for it. You literally roll up to the locker, and there you'll see, you know, Judy Model, you're in locker three, you know, with uh, the scan or punching in a code, out pops your pizza, and you're on your way. So, um, you know, Little Caesar is is very quietly, you know, a, a big innovator in this area. You know, Taco Bell gets a lot of, you know, splash and. You know, some other names, you know, are always in the news, but, you know, they've really been doing this for 10, 12 years. And um, this whole pizza portal thing I think is really dynamic, you know. Um, and I and I think you and I are nearly about the same age, but if, if you really look back to like 40, 50 years ago, right, in terms of giving <laughs> people quick and easy access to food, you know, the big thing where, you know, Kind of like lockers, or you know, there was a name for them. And you know, in, at Penn Station and at Grand Central Station, you go up and you—it was kind of like a—you um, throw a couple of coins in a window, and, and you get a sandwich out. You know, you, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to wait online. I forgot what they used to call them. I mean, I think I—I I don't know if I was literally alive then, but I do remember <laughs> my parents talking about it. So um, it's all kind of coming back to. People are moving fast, they want their food, they want it when they want it, Um, and now they want to customize So, you know, that's really, you know, pretty big, you know, to be able to say, you know, half pepperoni, half onion, you know, thin slice, whatever, and and have it there when you pull up.
1: We were so energetic back in our early days. (laughs) (laughs) We, you know, (laughs) walk to school in the snow, that kind of thing. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, we suffered. Um, you know, I, I saw your story about Janet Yelton's uh, presentation on the absolute necessity for anybody in any form of retail to immerse themselves in using big data. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, you know, um, she took the the, uh, the podium with uh, Kara Fisher, well-known, well-respected technology journalist and Literally, you know, probably one of three people who, who knows everything that's going on with technology today. And, you know, the two of them talked about, you know, the economics of today and, and that the fact that even though everything's robust and everything's healthy and people are spending, um, that doesn't mean you stand still. That means that really only means you've got to keep moving forward. Um, and the key to that is data. And I, I don't think it's just big data, which, you know, IBM coined back 20, 30 years ago it's just literally data in order to know your customer. And I mean, know everything you can about them and not only of their interaction with you, but you also want to get an idea, you know, of their social consciousness, you know, are they shopping at brands that, you know, do good or, or does that not matter to them? And then you take all that data and now you have to have a partner typically to come in and help you analyze what that data means. And you, I would say 40 50% of the show this year, that's all that was being talked about because um, it's not an easy job. It's not easy to get that data. It's not easy to analyze. The, the great news is it's not incredibly unaffordable either. You know, I mean, some of this technology stuff, you know, costs pennies in, in the long run. But it's taking that data, figuring out who the customer is, the consumer, and then not only giving them what they want and need, but also understanding how to use that data to make, like, the next, you know, five decisions on what you're going to put on your shelves. Um, There was a lot of talk about how all this data allows you to make smarter product and merchandise, you know, and and with restaurants, that would be menus and LTOs and, you know, not floating something, seeing it crash and burn, and, and avoiding that scenario. So. The data part is very, very big. And, you know, it's everything from social media to surveys to tracking people in the store. Um, You know, some of it, some people consider a little, you know, big brotherish. Others don't care, you know. Um, You you can opt in and you opt out. I think all of us realize now that once you're in a store, in any public space, you really have no control over the cameras and the sensors or anything. And they're not really taking anything personal except your behavior, you know, and what you're doing in the store, which honestly everybody in the store can see as well, right? So, um, but I, I think there there might be issues down the road a little bit um, in terms of, as Kara uh, Swisher said, she's not thrilled that, that people are collecting all this data about what she does in the store. And in a way, I don't blame her. But then again, you know, my daughter's 25. She is. Be willing to give them plenty of things, they gave her a twenty five percent off coupon. So, you know, we're, we're two different shoppers, you
1: know. So, <laughs> well, that's why I wear a disguise everywhere I go. So, um, thank you so much for dropping in to brief us on your week at the show. Uh, was there anything? Me. Was there anything just crazy? Just quickly before we go that you sold, particularly relative to restaurants, that um, knocked your socks off?
2: I, I didn't, you know, and I'll be honest, I spent a lot of time in the sessions because the one thing for journalists at NRF is that um, they tend to get, you know, tremendous people up on stage who are yeah. open and honest about what's going on and what's not. And, um, you know, that kind of perspective is very hard to get. You know, so um, I didn't do a lot walking through the show, but I will tell you that, you know, three years ago, four years ago, it was finding or seeing someone with a VR headset on was was few and far between. Um, I I think I went down, whatever aisle I went down this year, somebody had a a headset on. So um, how that's going to play into restaurants or food, I'm not, I don't know, but I I don't, um, I don't doubt that someone's going to try in some way, you Uh-oh. know, because of all the different applications coming into play. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that AR, VR, you know, artificial intelligence all does come into uh, to re, uh, the restaurants and retail because, as someone said, everybody's a brand. So, you know, and, and it's not just about selling food anymore. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens
1: delightful to hear all this you've you've really given us a flavor of what it was like there and you need to rest
2: so I do I need to soak my feet
1: (laughs) (laughs) hang on there audience because we're coming right back with chop stop founder and ceo mark kolkis to talk about the delicious business of the qsr
0: salad Many of the fastest growing and most successful chains in the restaurant industry are embracing innovation throughout their operations. These forward-thinking brands are constantly looking for the next innovation. New technologies, new menu items, new marketing tactics, new training programs, etc. that will propel them to even greater heights. Come and learn these innovations at the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. Register today at franchisinginnovation.com. Welcome back,
1: and as we mentioned, West Coast-based Chop Salad, QSR Chop Stop, the microphone now namely for the brand's founder and CEO, Mark Culkus, who is with us today as his brand begins franchising in earnest this year, with plans for more than a dozen new stores, including some beyond the veggie-loving borders of California. Thanks for joining us today, Mark.
3: Thanks for having me, Shelly.
1: This is a pretty cool brand, as some in our audience might have recently learned, and the feature we did on QSR Web on some of your menu and operational strategies, but you've been around for about, what, eight years now?
3: Yeah. Yep, exactly eight years. We just had our anniversary.
1: Curious to know what the surprises you've had kind of making your way in the QSR category have been. And Have there been any?
3: Well, it's it's been a fortunate thing. I, I recently pulled out my business plan, reread it, and pretty much ninety five percent of it is still pertains. You know, so we started with a, a business model, and we really haven't changed much. There's been a little tweaks, a few tweaks along the way, but uh, for the most part, you know what we planned uh, succeeded. So that that's been really good. Pudo. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I remember my. I, you know, I'm the founder. My first hire was a guy with about 30 years of restaurant experience, which I knew I needed because I did not have restaurant experience. So we opened in December in California here. And as you can imagine, we only had a few people coming in. And my Joey Gonzalez, who's the restaurant guy, he he was very nervous because he had left another opportunity to, to come join me. But the few people that came in, I saw they came back the next day. And then they came back the next day. We're not getting more pe- many people, but trust me, I think I think this thing's going to work. Luckily, it did.
1: Wow, absolutely! And maybe you need to open another restaurant brand in Southern California if you bring rain. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: you, you're based and currently operating, as we said, in California, something of a restaurant paradise, really, with um, several QSR salad brands, but. Now, as I understand it, you're opening new locations this year in Texas. And I'm wondering, are you tweaking the brand any for the Texas audience?
3: No, we're not. And just to give you a little background of, of how we proceeded, we, we've been very methodical. We opened five corporate restaurants because I wanted you know, a good, really solid proof of concept in, in different locations that we could work. And then we opened our first franchise in 2016, actually. And we wanted to do, just open one or two initially because we wanted them to succeed, so we'd have that validation for further franchisees. So that's what we have. We had, we had two franchisees open, and then in 2018, we really, you know, started aggressively marketing the franchise program, and that's how all these uh, these other opportunities uh, franchisees have, have come about. You know, we have 16 that, that are going to be opening this year. Um, so when we go to Texas, though the reason I'm not changing anything is because I'm from the Midwest myself. I'm from Michigan and I'm a, I'm a meat and potato guy basically. And so that's actually the way I designed my salads was to appeal to that type of person. Our our portions are huge and you can put as much meat and cheese and other good stuff in your salad as you, as you want. So, you know, from the get go, it was, uh, I designed the salad to please myself. You know, I'm I'm that, you know, Texas demographic, I would say, as well as appealing, of course, to like the healthy eater, foodie type demographic.
1: Wow. And, and that is ever so hot these days. You know, for, for a QSR salad brand that relies on lots of fresh produce, I'm kind of wondering, what are the greatest operational and supply, cha- supply chain challenges, particularly as you move out of the farming-rich Southern California area?
3: We have yet to open uh, the unit in Texas. They're, they're, they're going to open sometime this year, but, but we haven't crossed that bridge quite yet. But I don't uh, foresee any difficulties because of the fact that we, we get deliveries, produce deliveries six days a week. You know, so none of the produce is sitting on the shelf more than a day or so. So even if wherever we open, you know, the food has to travel a day or two more, we're going to be serving it immediately as soon as we get it. So, uh, you know, I don't see much of a problem in terms of finding fresh produce to serve.
1: So what's the future look like for the brand, say in the next year or next five years? Where will Chopstop be?
3: So our plan is to stay along the West coast until we reach hundred units for the simple fact that we're all about supporting franchisees. Uh, you know, I, I never understood some of these franchise brands where they have like two units in Florida and two in Georgia and two in Michigan. Uh, you know, you I, I can't really support them unless you have a robust infrastructure. So we're, we're for the next three or four years, we're going to stay along the West coast until we have a uh, hundred units open and then we're going to throw it open to uh, the nationwide franchising. The, the the Texas um, units are sort of an exception to the rule because they are that franchisee is an uh, experienced QSR operator with another brand, and so and they've you know committed to opening up 16 units in a fairly uh, short time period. So we'll be able to support them just fine. But uh, but but that's it. You know, we we uh, our goal was to sign. 12 new franchisees. And in, in 2018, we, we've far surpassed that. And then double it this year and double next year. And that gets us to 100. And then, you know, the, go to the rest of the country.
1: Lots of growth coming up your way. Uh, how are you enjoying the business of, uh, since you said you have not been an operator before, how are you enjoying the whole restaurant sector?
3: Uh, I love it. Gratifying uh, on just, you know, the the customer level. I mean, you're bringing joy to people. Let's face it, food is one of the basic needs and pleasures of of being alive. And so we have quite a a rabid customer base that, that just loves us. Our typical customer, I'd say, comes in like at least three times a week. That's the most satisfying part of it. Yeah, otherwise, it's just following our plan for expansion. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to introducing this product to to places. I mean, there's a surprising number of people that have never had a chopped salad, which is a totally different product, uh, really, than a regular salad.
1: It is. It, and it's interesting. You said you were from the Midwest. I remember some. I'm also from the Midwest. And I remember some brands. Well, they were just family restaurants, really that was a thing that was a big thing with um several of the in my hometown louisville uh, louisville kentucky Chop salad was a big thing with some of the family-owned restaurants there so uh it's good to see it on um a potentially national map soon
3: that sounds great
1: thank you so much mark
3: all right shelly good meeting you nice to meet you thank you all right bye-bye
1: and that's our podcast for this week please make a note to check qsr web next friday to listen to interviews with marijuana lifestyle fast casual chiba hut and its chief relationship officer seth larson and kind of fittingly we will roll into the coverage area of food truck operator editor elliot maris from there for a look at the year ahead for those mobile meccas of food until then Have a great weekend and a profitable business week ahead.